Hey, happy Monday. Welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. We're up to episode 69, and it has, it's been a while. Uh, it, it feels like a month since we've done one of these. And, you know, Drew and I are experiencing our first June at Five Tool, which is, I, I think it's fair to say, our busiest month on the calendar, uh, perhaps by far. Uh, July is, is, is definitely rocking and rolling. And that's when we both kind of got our start last year, but June, whoo, we got a lot going on in June. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about and, and we're going to get to as many events, teams, players, um, as we can without turning this into a, you know, two or three hour, um, you know, the Irishman type podcast episode but first off drew how are you doing are you hanging in there have you been staying hydrated lots of sunscreen um how how has the dfw life been treating you so far well it was we lucked out um that first week with like decent weather like it wasn't just smoldering hot yeah but that is now gone (laughs) um this past weekend was really really hot and um you know one one skill that I've already learned in two ish weeks of um, tournaments is crowd control. Mm. Um, that is, that's, that's been a thing that we all have to have on our resume. Um, as the temperatures rise, so does the intensity at our games. Yes. Um, and, you know, a lot of it comes with some really pressure packed games with some really good teams. Um, but man, like I've been, I've been a little surprised at how, how wild people can get in the stands. Um, uh, you know, but that's the fun part of it. At least people have some passion and care about it. Um, you know, the umpire, poor, poor umpires. I mean, like I, they just, they take a beating. Um, and those guys do a great job for us. Um, you know, I think all of them would tell you they're not perfect, but, um, you know, it, it is, it is wild how, how from pitch one people can be on them and just kind of not let up for, yeah. for the entirety of the game and after the game. Um, but you know, it's, it's just something that we got to deal with. And, uh, but other than that, things are great. College leagues run up and running. Uh, we got over, I think 30, we have 35 teams right around 700 players. Jeez. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's been, it's been rolling. It's been fun and good to see some good baseball. It, mm-hmm. it is different. It is interesting to watch like, you know, cause there has been some times where they're playing on the same days as some of our events uh, for our younger kids and just the pace of play, the physicality, it's just yeah. so much different, but I tell you what is fun and interesting is like, there's quite a few of the 2022 grads um, that are playing in our league. Um, as well as as the Connie Matt qualifier. So getting to compare those guys, those same kids playing the different levels of competition and age groups is is it, it's a good barometer um, mm-hmm. to see how you know how physical they are and the speed of the play and and it's an adjustment. I'll, I'll say that it's definitely you can tell that um, that there's there is an adjustment phase. Um, just be, like I said, the speed of the game is different, um, but. It's fun. I've enjoyed the college league stuff. You know, we've got a lot of teams and a lot of clubs that that participate in our young younger events. And, um, you know, it's just fun to get to see those kids. And, you know, over time, as this thing grows, 
you'll, we'll get the, we'll be even more familiar with some of these kids that are coming back to play in the college league. Yeah. We, we talk sometimes about calibrating our eyes and you kind of go from, from level to level or age group to age group and you, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like at this level, you know? And yeah, there's a noticeable jump when you go from even the best high school seniors, when you start playing a level of game where you're starting to play with guys that are older than you are more experienced than you are more physical than you are and the speed of the game's different. And, and, and that sort of thing really sticks out. Um, you know, since you mentioned it, the, the Connie Mack qualifier, I admit I definitely had some FOMO um, when I, I started seeing the videos roll in in some of the, the teams and the names that were playing in that event. Um, any guys that just really, really stood out to you, caught your attention? I, I know uh, we, we've exchanged some messages. There's one 2023 guy in particular that you saw early in the high school season and you really liked. Um, and you just, I, I saw the video and stuff and I was like, I'm on board with this, but um, you talk about your guy and then anybody else that, that kind of stood out during that Connie Mack stuff, because uh, it, it was a, it turned out being a fantastic, really competitive event that the uh, Dallas Tigers ended up knocking off sticks, I believe by one run um, in that yeah. final game, which is a really competitive series. Yeah, the talent was great. There were some really good players um, spread out across all, uh, all the different fields we were using, but I got to post up at Melissa and got to see some really, really good baseball. But Aiden Howard is the guy you're talking mm -hmm. about that just really jumped out. Um, saw him in a scrimmage and liked him a lot. Like, you, you, you know, we talked about it before. DBU got a really good player with Aiden Howard. Uh, he reminds me of Dexter Fowler. Like that's the guy, the body tie. And I played mm -hmm. against Dexter um, and I see a lot of similarities. Um, you know, Dexter played in that East Cobb program when we were growing up, but Aiden, man, he was electric this weekend, getting on base, stealing bases, diving catches, um, has a good arm. I mean, like we said, he's a guy that's going to definitely find himself on the five tool 55 for that 23 yeah. class um, from Hebron and DBU commit, like we said, but man, like he, he had a huge weekend and play, was the catalyst um, the catalyst for uh, uh, the team that ended up winning um, staying on that same tiger team. Um, got to see Jared Thomas again. And Jared was Jared uh, Jason Jones. He had some moments had, had a home run yesterday. Um, so got to see him uh will patterson left-handed pitcher from hebron hebron's going to be legit the next yeah, few years with like the it. talent they have but he was really really tough on lefties and a really big in that the first game against united he came in and um kind of put them in the driver's seat for their part of the bracket um my first look at travis sanders um team bish guy um nice but, man like the he had some good at bats you could you could tell i mean baseball is just easy for him um, and he is just an incredible defender. Like the, the defense looks easy for him. Um, and it's just a, he, he was playing second when I watched him, uh, in the game that I really got to see a lot of, um, uh, but man, he made a couple plays that were not super easy, make really easy. Um, uh, some other guys, the 23 from that, um, United team, Caden Sorrell had a huge, huge tournament. i feel like every time i got on twitter there's a video of him hammering a ball somewhere yeah <laughs> he, he hit three home runs i mean he hit it he pulled it down the line he sprayed balls down the third baseline 
um, he was, he was a force and there's just no doubt that that guy is going to be a top or middle of the order guy for AM whenever mm-hmm. he gets there. But man, he was, he was impressive. Um, have some other guys on that team that I really like. Um, uh, let's see who they, uh, Van Klein, like that's a guy's just a leader going to air force. Like he just mm-hmm. seems and carries himself like the perfect guy going, going there. Um, uh, I know the, the Zach Fry kid on the mound. That was that was my next guy. Twenty three from Timber Creek for, mm-hmm. for United. Man, like I he was new for me, and he is he should be on our list. Yeah, I mean, just from his slider alone. Um, he threw some wipeout sliders and came in in relief against the Tigers and like gave them all they could handle. Um, but he was really really good. Um, for them and I'm excited to see him again but yeah like I said plus slider I mean yeah. it was uncommitted it was, guy so that's a dude that that college coaches are gonna need to have on the list to go get a look at ASAP um yeah yeah it's you were texting me about him and I saw the video and I was like yeah that's that looks like some real stuff for sure well I was on the side and I saw a couple of good hitters take some really really bad swings so I mm-hmm. went back behind the plate and saw like two sliders after that and was like oh Okay. <laughs> no, dude. he's one of those um, guys that shows up to like a, like a tryout somewhere and you throw a pitch and like, yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah. yeah but like- it, it was, it was really fun seeing something like really important on the line. And mm-hmm. those guys, those guys competed, competed like it, the United Tigers games were really fun. Um, sticks, the sticks had a pretty, they coasted uh, early. Like they were, they put some, um, they put some beat downs on some people and, one guy that really stuck out to, for me, uh, for them was Damian Bravo mm-hmm. tech commit. Um, that was my first time to see him live. Uh, but man, he can pitch a little bit. That's see, uh, that's a thing. Yeah. That's, that's what surprised me. Um, I saw him in the summer in last summer. I don't recall ever seeing him pitch And you know, then I heard he was pitching. And I, I like comes through on telegram that he bumped 90 and I was like, I didn't even know this guy pitched. Yeah. And uh, I, I messaged with him a little bit yesterday um, and I was like, did you pitch in high school this year? He goes, yeah, 1.2 ERA, 70 strikeouts and 46 and two thirds innings. Oh, um, so I was like, OK, <laughs> pretty good. In uh, you know, Texas Tech is recruiting him as a hitter. I mean, and he, you know, hit, I think, six homers in high school this year, hit 476. It looked like he had a strong weekend at the plate um, in the Connie Mack stuff. But yeah, like, I had no idea he pitched, but it was a real change up like a really good changeup. Yeah. The, the next guy and the last guy I'll touch on from the event. I mean, there was, there was a lot. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to get left out just because there were so many good ones and we only have so much time, but I got a long list of notes. Uh, But my other guy that I wanted to give a shout out to was, and he'll serve as a segue for us, but a guy that participated in our DISD showcase, Mm -hmm. um, Courtney Allen from South diesel 2023 diesel. Like this guy, you know, like Monday at our DISD showcase, it was hot. Like it was smoking hot and it was a long day. And this guy was like the life of the entire event. So for those that don't know, we, we hosted and partnered with the Dallas Mustangs and, and uh, help run a underclassman combine for kids in the DISD school district. And it was great because we had about a hundred kids, um, you know, some guys who hadn't had a chance to get and be a part of event events like this. And man, like I, so the first thing we did 
at this showcase was, you know, we split them into three big groups and they just rotated stations. They were hitting, shagging and running a 60. So I had the 60s and we were over on the DISD football field at Kimball mm-hmm. High School um, at Higgins Field, which is pretty is a pretty cool setup. But we were on the football field running 60s. So, you know, in my mind, this is an easy measure, you know, start the goal line, finish on the, the opposing 40. Yeah. Right. So a little bit less work, you know, and I, <laughs> and I, and I've watched people, like I've watched people at scout days before try to measure out the 60 and there's always some like question, but I knew that this would be a legit 60. And out of the first 10 guys that ran, I think six or seven of them ripped off like on a six, seven or below. And I was like, I was like, did, am I on the wrong, am I the wrong 40 here? Like it was, it was incredible. The, the amount of talent that was out there was, was really impressive. I mean, I would, there were definitely double digit guys at that event that could play college baseball. And a lot of them were, were really young and hadn't grown yet too. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting to see. We had a great time with the event, um, getting to partner with the DISD. And it's just something that we'll look forward to doing in the future. But um, it, it was, it was really fun. The kids enjoyed it. And then it was followed by the DISD senior showcase. Um, quite a few kids from that are committed to schools, but it was a great event. We had a couple of guys, a uh, couple of schools in town that came up for the day and got to, uh, sit there and find some guys. And I saw a couple of them from the event have committed to schools that were there. Um, wow. Especially our, our guy, um, our guy, uh, Chase Almanderas. Um, from Houston Tillotson. Uh, yeah. You know, we know, we know his dad, Chris, real well. And um, he's, the, he's the, this was his first full year as the head coach at Houston Tillotson. He, he made it down and I saw he picked up a commitment from, uh, from one of the players in the event, Cedric, Cedric Logan from WT White. But um, it was, it was, it was a fun event. I think it's something that's really going to grow and we're, we got to see some things that worked and didn't work. And it's just something that, you know, us at five tour find it really important to do. Um, just because those are guys, you know, not everyone has the same opportunities as right. everybody. And, you know, like I said, the biggest takeaway for me was that, um, the, I mean, the talent level was really good, really good. And like I said, there's double digit kids that definitely have a chance to play college baseball and, you know, getting them in that exposure was just fun to be a part of. And it's something we look forward to doing in the future. But moving back to Courtney Allen, um, man, like the guy was just he was the life of the combine. He rolls in. He's having a good time. He's loud. Like the dude was trying to you know break his 60 record. He kept running the 60 over and over <laughs> and over because he wanted to get a certain time. But I mean, he was fun, um, you know, a lot of power, uh, mm-hmm. bat speed. And then we got to see him later. He was actually playing in the Connie Matt qualifier uh, for a team called Walkdown. And, you know, you looked up and he had, I think he was either four for four or five for five one game with a couple wow. extra base hits, stealing bases, just like, and you, if you're in the complex at Melissa, you're going to know where Diesel is because you can hear him on the other field. He's having a good time. Um, you know, just, just the guy that likes playing baseball and that guy's going to play college baseball for sure. So it was fun getting to know him, uh, at the showcase Monday and then getting to see him play against good competition in the Connie Mac qualifier, um, throughout the week was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, that sort of events, a good example of, of what we're about. It's yeah. We, we really like seeing the, 
the famous, you know, for lack of a better word, players and stuff like that. But, you know, giving those guys some exposure in the settings like that and, um, you know, already a couple kids end up committing out of there. There's going to be kids that are on college radars now that that weren't even on radars before and um, just kind of affording those guys an opportunity. So, yeah, I, I, I was following along the coverage and I kept seeing these 60 times roll in. And I was like, oh, that's sub six, six, sub six, seven. And I was like, and then you start looking at some of these swings and uh, there was definitely some talent there for sure. But, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Diesel because that I, I was uh, – I was watching his swings and stuff like that. And then I looked up in that, that game you were talking about, I was like, man, he's got himself his own little highlight reel already in the Connie Mack qualifier with the way he's swinging the bat. So um, it's really cool to see. Yeah. For any college hey. coaches or anything like that, listening, like go back through our coverage if you missed it um, because we, we did a really good job of, of covering and publishing video and everything else about um, the guys that participate participated in those events. Yeah, just a couple other guys. I pulled up my spreadsheet of guys that really had standout performances from the event. But um, we had 2024 Esteban Toscano from North Dallas ran a 668, 82 exit velocity, 83 from infield velocity. Um, Timothy Grant, Grant Brown from South Oak Cliff, 2022 uh, ran a 676. 84 exit velocity through 80 from the infield. Um, let me find a couple more of these really good ones because they were, there was a lot of them. Like I said, I think we had over 20 kids at under a six, eight. Wow. Um, in the event. Yeah. Tim, Tim Robinson from South Oak Cliff, 2022. Uh, he ran a six, six, five, 84 exit velocity, 81 from the outfield. There's one other, I know my man, Jalen Mitchell, 2023 from Lincoln, uh, ripped off a 646. And he was like the third guy to go to. And that's when it kind of had me like looking at my stuff. And I was like, uh, is this, <laughs> am I, am I standing in the right spot? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it was fun. We had Hudson Wilk, a 2024 from Woodrow Wilson. Uh, ran a six seven seven Jeez. through eight through eighty five or excuse me eighty yeah eighty three from the outfield. Um, so a lot of young kids that you could see mm-hmm. some projectability, but like I said, fun event. Um, really had a good time with that, um, and look forward to doing it again in the future. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun to kind of make a yearly thing. Um, yeah, I've I've since we've last done these, I've been to a. I feel like I've I've been. 10 different places and watch 40 different games. But uh, before I get into the, the five tool events I covered, I did sneak in a, uh, a home game. I love when I get a home game, uh, went back up to the dish to see the uh, one of the four a state semifinal games I actually caught sitting in Salina um, in that four a state semifinal game, obviously sitting won the game because they ended up winning the state title. Um, Adrian Allen is pretty cool for him. Like won a state title at sitting and then played at Texas, won a national title there. And now he coached at Sinton and won a state title, um, you know, and part of their road there was playing at the dish. So um, I got a chance to see uh, Blake Mitchell start. And I've only ever seen him come out of the bullpen. And I was always curious, you know, what would he look like as a starter? Because he comes out of the pen, it's 95-96 with a hammer. He doesn't really have to ever get to anything else. And uh, he showed in the warmups, okay, it's fastball, curveball, slider, and changeup. Okay, it's really interesting. And he comes out, and it took him a little while to kind of settle in. Um, it was missing up in the zone a lot with his fastball, just kind of getting his timing and things like that. 
Uh, and once he settled in, it was it was really good. Like if he was just a pitcher, we'd have like there would still be a real conversation if he was the top player in the state. And we know how good Travis Secor is, who throws a hundred with a wipeout slider, and he's had a splitter to the mix as well. But it was about the fourth inning where Mitchell just got in a groove, and it was like fastball with some sink, dropped a curveball over, which was flash and plus, throwing the changeup to lefties at 84, 85, and then he threw a swing and miss slider to righties. And I'm thinking, I mean, that's four future average or better pitches um, that he's showing there. But once he got in the zone, it was just really tough on Salina. He swung the bat well, um, nearly drove, went out of the park to the left center field gap to kind of help put the game away. Um, he was a stud. Uh, it was really fun to watch him on the mound go to work. Um, he, he's the crazy thing is he's a better catcher than he is a pitcher, but he's just a phenomenal pitcher um, as well. And the guy catching him, Ryland Galvan. You know, we've already talked about him. He's he's going to move up in the list when we publish our final rankings, which I hope come out a week from today. Um, kind of do some background writing on those. And it, it, the list is almost done. and just got to tweak a few things and, and get those done and published. But he was even better than the last time I saw him. Uh, the catching skill looked like it's benefited from more reps. Uh, we know he has a really, really strong arm back there, but the receiving and the moving around, like I didn't notice him, uh, which is a good thing. You don't want to notice catchers uh, unless they're just really having to block a bunch of balls in the dirt and that sort of thing. But he was catching real stuff and did it well. But, man, he, was, he stood out with the bat. Um, hard, singled the opposite way. He was in a two-strike count against Noah Bentley and uh, saw a curveball out of the hand and pulled a really hard base hit down the left field line. And he nearly brought the house down. He hit a mammoth fly ball with a seven-second hanging time to the warning track in left field, and the crowd was just about to explode. Um, and it almost went out, and it just didn't quite get it. But I was really impressed with him with the way he swung the bat. Uh, standout performance for him. Um, and I got a chance to see Rene Galvan in, in, in person play. You know, last time I saw Sinton, he was just limited to being a pinch runner. I can see why he had the strong year that he did. Our guy, Jaquay Stewart, got walked a couple times. Um, so didn't really get to see him, but the bat in motion too much. But uh, that Sinton team ended up winning a state title with a 9-0 win uh, over Argyle and ended up going the, the whole season losing just one game. And I, their run differential had to be pushing 200. I think the last time I did it, it was like in the 160s or something like that. It, it, it's, it's, it's just nuts. Um, without doubt, one of the best teams in the nation uh, that totally handled their business. And that Salina team was good. RJ Ruiz on the mound, he started, was 83 to 85. You could tell he just, it just wasn't his day on the mound. Uh, I liked him with the bat, though. I mean, he got in there against Blake Mitchell, um, timed a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, pulled a hard single through the right side. It just looked like hitting comes naturally to him. Um, It's just one of those guys that, like, you watch his body language in the box, and he's facing real stuff against a real dude, and he's in there. He's making contact. He's confident. All his actions were confident. I think that's a guy that's got a chance to be a real hitter. I I think I like him more as a hitter um, than I do as a pitcher, which is saying something because he was a phenomenal pitcher um, this year for Salina. And – Noah Bentley, I'm glad I got to see him come out of the bullpen. I know the circumstances weren't good for him or Salina, but he's going to be really good. Uh, QB1, you see the athleticism on the mound, really repeats. He's got, I think he's got a chance to have good fastball command to both sides of the plate. Once he found field for the curveball, it, it was good. It was about 75, 76. He was kind of throwing it harder earlier in the game. It just didn't quite have the shape. 
Once he found the shape, it really helped. The changeup was a weapon. A lot of swings and misses, especially against lefties. He threw it against righties. But I could see that guy just throwing a ton of quality strikes at like 90 to 92 with a little life, spinning the curveball when he wants to, getting the changeup swings and misses against the lefties. I feel really good about where we have him ranked because that, that's a guy that's going to throw a ton of quality strikes um, now and at the next level as well. So, um, you know, Salina, fantastic season. They'll be back. They have a, obviously Rice and, and Bentley will both be back to be that rotation again uh, for them, but they'll be really good next year. But and shout out to all those state title winners. Uh, you know, Southlake Carroll winning 6A. How about the, the run those guys had through the playoffs? They actually had to score some runs in the state title game against San Antonio Reagan, and, and they were able to end up doing it. Uh, Reagan knocked off um, – who did Reagan knock off? I'm blanking right now. Because um, Ridgepoint played Southlake Carroll. Oh, Heath. Heath. Um, Reagan ended up knocking off Heath, who, who was the state semifinal after winning the, the 6-8 title last year. But Southlake Carroll, man, Griffin Herring and, and, um, and, and Owen Proch – what a run they had through the postseason. Uh, I mean, Herring finally gave up a run in that first state semifinal game, but uh, ended up striking out 13 guys. And I've talked about that Ridgepoint lineup that with Justin Vasos and, and uh, J.J. Kinnett and, um, and Zion, I believe, Stevens, who's going to ACU. I liked playing second base. Carter Groen, uncommitted outfielder. They're, that's a really good lineup, and he flat out dominated them. So just a really, really strong finish to the season for Griffin Herring um, that that South Lake Carroll rotation got it cooking at the right time. And they were basically, you just couldn't score on those guys for the most part, especially in the postseason. So uh, they ended up winning the six day state championship um, down to three, a London won the three, a state championship. Um, and then uh, Valley Mills wins the two, a state championship. And then DeHannis wins the one, a state championship, which is uh, near the San Antonio area. Um, I think uh, well, very, very <clears throat> small town, but shout out to them for, for capturing the one, one, a state title. Pretty cool. Well, and, I, and I'll give you a little bit of credit because really early in the season, you, you felt like Georgetown had a chance to be a team that would make a run just because of the ingredients. Like we talked about yeah. uh, multiple times, just strong up the middle, an older team, a bunch of guys with some experience that just kind of play the game the right way. And that's, you know, that's what I felt like a lot of the teams that made it to state were, you know, like Heath, you know, I'll be honest, like, and I told coach Harvey this the other day is like, when I watched them early in the season, I didn't, I really didn't see it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I felt a lot of it was like, you know, if you can, if you can keep jet from beating you, um, you're going to have a chance. And, um, but man, they just got better and better and better as the year went. That's a, that's a credit to coach Harvey and his staff and coach Arias over there but those guys just do a good job and there's a lot of good coaches in this state. And, you know, I felt like all the teams that, that made it pretty far, that was the case, you mm -hmm. know, they're well-coached teams that played good baseball, not necessarily the most talented teams. Right. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure all of them went up against some teams, you know, outside of Sinton that were at least comparable from a talent standpoint. And they just, you know, I mean, the teams that play good fundamental baseball yeah. just, happen to win. And it's yep. not a, it's not a coincidence, but one thing that I did that I did kind of think it was kind of cool over the last couple of weeks um, was seeing the amount of kids that got knocked out of a deep run in the playoffs. And literally the next day, the next day we're playing, yeah. we're playing in some of our events, you know, mm -hmm. and I mean, I, you take 
uh, RJ Ruai and uh, Noah Bentley, for example, I mean, they were playing for the Tigers that won, you know, I got to get that bad taste out of their mouth and win a championship in the same weekend. I mean, it was, but TJ Pompey did it. A bunch of guys from Coppell did it the weeks before. I mean, it was, it was really cool to see. And it, you know, and, and you understand why those teams are so good. Cause you got some kids that love baseball and want to get mm-hmm. out there and play. Um, and I just, I thought that was neat to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing some highlights the next day from after Salina got eliminated of some of their guys. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, Kate, you know drive Mitchell, back from Austin yeah. back home, get ready, go play the next day. And there they are with energy. a double header, a double header. Yeah. In the heat. I mean, that's, you've got to love the game to be back out there and, and doing that. And that's, you know, those are the kind of types of players that often succeed, but yeah, sitting, you know, as talented as they were, I've mentioned this before, like they were so unassuming, like they didn't really, there, there's no big headedness about them. It was just, they didn't, they didn't really know how good they were. And I think that really showed on the field. They took everybody very seriously, um, even though they had a, a, a pretty big talent advantage. Um, Salina was probably the, well, one of the comparable teams, but <clears throat> leading up to that, I mean, they were way more talented than a lot of the teams they played against, but you would have never known it in the way they carry themselves. You just well, would have I, never known it at all. I would guess, I would guess if you talk to Adrian that he had a pretty good mentor, a guy named Augie Garrido that taught him a lot about, you know, the pitch by pitch mentality mm-hmm. and just playing the game and playing against yourself more so than the opponents, because that's the only way you're ultimately going to get better. Um, you know, teams, teams and players that have to have something getting them up all the time are going to be on a roller coaster. Right. Um, and the higher you go up, it's just so much harder to do mm-hmm. because you play more and more games, you play more and more days in a row. And it's just, it's just something that's not sustainable, yeah. but if you really focus on developing and playing pitch by pitch and, you know, I, I know Coach Garrido always said something that always stuck with me. You know, like I learned because I got I got beaten every time I tried to make something personal. And you just can't play that way. You know, I know there's some guys that that take motivation and 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 can have some short-lived success by doing it that way. But if you're constantly trying to take something personal into the game in our sport it's not going to turn out well over in the long run. You know, you may, like I said, you may have some short lived success with it, but you know, just, just being able to respect the game um, and play it the right way and really always looking to develop and change your game. Because once you think you have something figured out in our game, as most people that are listening to this know, you're, you're, you're probably done getting better. Yep. Um, and I mean, you look at it all the time, like guys, that are in the big leagues that have done it at the highest level forever are still changing the way they do things Mm -hmm. because there's always new information, new gadgets, new, a bunch of different stuff. So, um, you know, it's just something that you notice. And there was some, some good reminders over the weekend uh, at all levels that the baseball guides are always watching Mm -hmm. and they will always come back to get you if you disrespect them Mm -hmm. um you know without getting into any specific examples you saw it happen a lot and players and programs and teams and coaches that do things the right way you know often often 
end up getting there or getting close to there. Um, and, and the baseball gods, know you cannot escape them. And it's just, it's just something that always sticks with me as you watch more and more baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It it, will, we'll, uh, we'll get to the, uh, the college stuff before we, we end, I've got to run through some names here, but, um, you know, one note about Georgetown, you know, speaking of, of teams that kind of do it the right way, like, yeah, the, not the most talented team, you know, Zachary Mazuk's going, uh, Baylor signees, a 5 till 55 guy for us. But I mean, otherwise, just a really good high school team that just knows how to compete. I swear, I think they won at least three games in extra innings or walk-off wins yeah. during the postseason. They played a lot of tight games, but I remember seeing them play and I was like man they're really well coached they really compete they're strong up the middle defensively they get their outs on time they throw strikes and then you look at their schedule and they beat a bunch of six like good 6A teams in the non-conference or the non-district excuse me um but just shout out to them I I I know that the they do things the right way there at Georgetown not to say other programs don't but just me seeing them a couple times and um you could see and you know Eli Hellman who's uh, a junior um he's got a chance to to go play college somewhere uh, and be a standout guy at shortstop. I, I think that that's, that's probably the next, you know, D one guy coming through the ranks there um, in that junior class. But yeah, Georgetown, did you see the way that game ended? I did not. So they played Friendswood. It's two to one in the seventh and Friendswood's got running on the corners with two outs. And I, I, it looked like they tried to pull off of one of those plays to where the runner breaks from first tries to get caught in a rundown score the runner from third type thing, you know, just yeah. make sure you get a run in, in a two out yeah. situation. And Jacob Haddon, um, who's been their dude on the mound all year, uh, just a, you know, 80 miles an hour, just carves guys up, throws three pitches for strikes. He just calmly steps off the rubber and knows exactly what to do. And he picks off the guy at third base and the game's over. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like, like there could have been chaos happening in that kid's mind. And, and like, he kind of like he steps off, doesn't balk re- quickly. Okay, okay. Oh, I realize what's going on here. Just goes towards third, snap, throw, bam, tag, game over, dog pile. Like, like I couldn't believe that way that game ended. Uh, that Friendswood team is is. I don't know if they won state last year. They might have won state, uh, um, but they were loaded last year. They really good again this year. So just kind of an example of like that was Georgetown. Like, okay. Like intense situation, tight game, game on the line. Yeah. We know what to do. We're well coached. We're going to get this out and we're going to go celebrate, but um, I'm going to run through a bunch of, of five tool names here before we get to the college stuff. And, and I'll, I'll try to go quickly. Uh, Cause I spent some time down at the Houston regional last week. And then I was at Sam Houston state um, this past week and seeing some guys, um, Houston Regional, the, the 17U action, uh, I saw the next level team a little bit, Colton Griffin, a guy. You know, the fun thing about going out to see these events again is you remember seeing guys in our events last year that you liked, and mm-hmm. it, they stand out again. You're like, okay, you made me look smart. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, Colton Griffin, who's committed to SFA, a client calling shortstop, I think his defense has gotten better. I really liked the bat last summer. It, it was good again. He was 4-1 down the line, but – um, the defense is ticked up. I think he's got a, a legit chance to stay at shortstop. Um, Brett Deegan's a guy we've talked about before, swung the bat well. He had a strong junior season at Klein Oak. He's still uncommitted. Um, Garrick Williams, who was on the mound for them, was up to 85. Athletic, strong kid. I was actually intrigued with him in the batter's box as well. Uh, really strong. He's posted some weight room stuff before. Really strong guy through the 
through the lower half and uh, create some really loud exit velocity. He's going to be an intriguing guy. I think college coaches are probably going to get an eye on uh, the wheelhouse program. Jonathan Trejo from Langham Creek uh, stud on the, on the dirt defensively, uh, definitely a defense first guy at shortstop, but liked his actions really smooth, showed some great range into shallow left field to uh, track down a, a ball there. And uh, Jace Newkirk, I didn't actually get to see him. I've heard about him. He, he emerged as a main pitcher for Lake Creek this year who made a deep playoff run in 5A and one of the more talented teams in 5A. He threw a no-hitter um, in our Houston Regional and was up to 87 miles an hour. I think college coaches need to get some eyes on him. Um, just messaging with some people around the Lake Creek program, he was really big time for them um, through the playoffs, through a lot of quality strikes, became their, their second starter behind Shane Sedale. Um, and emerged as a dude for them. So that, that's a guy that college coaches probably need to get some eyes on. Um, the Houston Athletics 17U team, I just really love watching them play. Um, Braden Morris, who was newcomer of the year in the district for Pearland, stood out. Uh, Tommy Willis, a catcher from Second Baptist, uh, swung the bat well, had great energy behind the plate. Um, Art Perez from Milby, a two-way guy. I like him as a hitter. He hit really well at the Houston Regional. And then at the same Houston State event we just did this past week, and he hit 500. Uh, definitely contact batting average first kind of approach in the batter's box, but he could swing it. Uh, he puts the bat bat on the ball at the high level. Um, the Wildcatters Richardson team, uh, John Abair saw him on the mound. Texas State commit was up to 89. Slider flashed, changeup flashed. Um, I can see why Texas State made a, made a run at him. And Joshua Pelfrey struck out, I think, eight guys this past weekend in the San Houston State event. Um, I believe it was up to 88 miles an hour. He's got a chance to be a, a D1 guy there as well. Um, Sons of Thunder, Kamar Dove, uh, his brother Kendall Dove actually stood out a little bit for the Wildcatters team, but Kamar Dove from New Caney um, was up to 87. Um, Kerbal had promising shape, uh, sinker on the mound. I think he's got a chance to be a guy that, that pitches at the next level. Basketball player as well, you can see it. He's, a, he's thin, tall, long, six foot four. Um, helps him on the mound with that athleticism and repeats a little bit. But uh, he's, he's going to throw harder. Uh, and it looks like a three-pitch mix that's got some promise, and he projects as well. Uh, so a guy that definitely caught my eye, and I think a guy that college coaches are going to want to get an eye on. Um, and then for that Expos 18U team, Ashton Wallace, you know, I, I saw a couple of games at HBU, and when you go from turf to grass, that HBU grass plays fast. Um, it plays fast. You can get some bad hops. He played really strong defensively. Definitely a different defense-first profile, uh, but I think that's a guy, whether it's D2, D3, maybe Juco, I think he's going to go play college baseball somewhere because everybody needs shortstops that can actually play to the, the, the position defensively uh, and make all the plays. Um, kind of wrapping up at the Houston Regional there, uh, down the, the lower ranks, 15U, Landon Davis and Cater Ramirez from the Trotsky program. Um, caught my eye. Landon Davis hammered the ball a week and made a lot of plays at shortstop. Uh, 15U offseason, uh, Vincent and Dominic Ozuna. I believe they're brothers. I hope they are. Um, same last name. Maybe not. Uh, but they both stood out. Vincent was shortstop. Dominic uh, at third base. Dominic really stood out with the bat. Um, and then the Houston Athletics, the younger 15U team. Um, Caleb Woodcock behind the plate at catcher. And then Caleb Dunham at shortstop. Um, both those guys had strong games all around there. So um, that was the Houston Regional. Um, I'll take a little break here before I run through all the same Houston stuff. Uh, it's, it's just we've seen so much stuff the last – couple weeks i want to make sure i don't leave off any guys or anything like that um but yeah um sammy's have you been to, you've been to the new sammy's state park right yeah we played there um 
17 and they yeah. played there texas played there this year also that was my first chance to go down there and see it and man they did a they did a great job with that park oh yeah phenomenal job with that park um and shout out to the guys there um that helped run the event and stuff there's first class all around uh really enjoyed my time at, at sam houston but yeah that they they did that right um so th- that event again had I, I i was there the whole weekend just at sam houston state because that was going to check off most of the 17 you guys i was going to get a chance to see some of the younger guys as well um, you know, starting with 17U, uh, the off-season Lozano program, Harrison Aquaro, uh, two-way guy, was up to 85 miles an hour on the mound, slider flash. He racked up a lot of strikeouts for them, swung the bat well also. Uh, and Jordan Ross, I think is like six foot five, really lanky, skinny, right-handed pitcher, could really spin a curveball. Uh, was up to 84 miles an hour, but the curveball was a standout. Um, there's a lot of things that can be cleaned up in the delivery. Uh, I, I mean, at times when I was kind of going through and watching him, uh, he was landing so far, like towards third base. I mean, unsurprisingly, the fastball was really missing up and in. Um, but if he kind of cleans up some things there, the way he was throwing the curveball, I think he's got a chance um, to be a guy that can maybe pitch in the next level. Uh, the five-star DFW team, uh, Justin Blankafor, a guy that that, oh, yeah. a name that we're familiar with, I was like, man, who is this guy that's just smacking the ball and flying down the line and tracking down things in center field? I looked down the road and like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Um, really ran well. If you look at his stats from the weekend, they weren't like reach out and grab you good. But he put the ball and play hard several times and didn't really have anything to show for it. That's a guy that's going to play at the next level. Um, and that DFW team had a couple other guys as well. Peyton Huff, who's a pitcher only, I only saw him throw – to three batters, but was up to 86 clean, loose, athletic arm on the mound. He's a guy that I, I think that the, there was one college there that was, I think there to see him. I think he's going to be a guy that some college coaches get some eyes on as well. And then Gavin Smith, a guy that's uh, stood out with the bat for that five-star DFW team, uh, Dallas Tigers, Ahern, Aiden Terry, just to hammer the ball all weekend, uh, played solid third base uh, switch hitter, just was was you know finding balls in the gaps, really putting the ball in play hard uh, for that Dallas Tigers Ahern team and the the Texas twelve gold team. I tweeted about this guy Brady Inglet, a catcher from Katy, and I, I remember kind of looking down because I saw Katy this year and I was like I don't really remember him. I don't know if he just played another position uh, because he's a really athletic guy. Kind of looks like a second baseman type of body um, that can really really run for a catcher. I mean he was four two down the line, which we don't really ever see from catchers, but. Uh, 1.9 pop, really athletic, twitchy, got that athletic bounce in his step, great energy behind the plate, um, really moved well behind there. I, I was looking at him, it's like college coaches need to get eyes on this guy like now. Like if you're a 2023 program, um, I'd say probably at the mid-major D1 level or lower, you need to get some eyes on this guy. I, I think he can catch. I think he can hit. He can run. Um, if you're, you know, if you're, you've got this in your mind where catchers have to be a certain size and physical and this and that, um, you might unintentionally cross him off the list because he's he's probably five foot nine, five foot ten, but he can play, man. Uh, one of many guys for that Texas twelve gold team who ended up winning their um, their event there at Sam Houston State that stood out. Uh, Alec Fontenot was a two way standout. Uh, Logan Elphinson. I had him at 406 down the line and man, did that speed play. He beat out a ball. He stole second on the next pitch and then stole third on the next pitch. After that, the speed really played on, he put the ball in part ball in play hard a couple of times uh, with the younger group, the 16 year group, 
Mason Sockwell from the uh, uh, Lone Star Club uh, hammered a ball out of the yard to left field, just a mammoth blast, and then shot one into the right center gap, another bat as well, really swung the bat, short arm swing that's powerful. And then Aiden Klein from Kerrville Tybee was up to 84. He had the prettiest curveball I saw by far in the weekend. 12-6, overhand, true shape, tight spin. Uh, he could really spin the fastball as well. He threw a changeup for a strike. That was a swing and mitts pitch. Uh, he's good. I think he's going to be a D1 guy. Um, once he fills out, once he matures, adds some more velocity, that's a really promising three-pitch mix there. Uh, the Houston Heat 2024 vending team that won the event, they were really good. Austin Dozal, who pitches for Grand Oaks, I know he threw some quality innings for them in varsity this year. A tall, athletic lefty, clean arm, was up to 86. Um, the stuff really flashed, three-pitch mix. Dawson Park, who hits, I think, two hole for them, plays third base, can play all over the infield and even the outfield. I think he can play center as well. Stand out with the bat. He was a standout with the bat all last summer as well. Uh, then Braden Scherzer, middle infielder, top of the order guy from the left side, hit 500. I, every time I've seen him, he hits. Just hits over and over and over again. He's one of the up-and-coming guys from Tomball. Um, and then last group here, the BPA 2024 team. I showed up and I was like, I don't really know this team. And turns out they're, I think they're from California, but they got guys all over. Uh, and Harlan Ho Hoviter, catcher, he's from Mississippi. Uh, he ended up hitting 727, 786, and then he slugged uh, 1.273. Is, so, is that Ivan Melendez and someone yeah, else's uniform? Like, his OPS was over 2,000. Um <laughs> And, like, I remember seeing him. I was like, man, he's just one of those guys that, like, looks – you know, like, see guys in uniform, like, oh, I bet this dude can play. Yeah. And sure enough, he just starts tattooing the ball all over the field. <laughs> I think he had a 2.09 in-game pop time. Strong, accurate arm. Can move. He's physical. He hasn't fully matured yet. I was like, this is a dude for sure. Like, a national D1-level prospect, um, I think. So – I'm sure that college programs are going to flock to see him throughout the year. But that team had a couple of guys. Show Garcia, who was up to 86 on the mound, played shortstop, caught my eye as well. And then, and then uh, Porter Rovin uh, also stood out kind of all around, but especially with the bat. But, yeah, I remember thinking Harlan Hovater. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, we've got some good coverage of him online, um, you know, just doing everything. Uh, he just was a stud uh, just all around, a guy that was just a no doubt – major D one prospect. Uh, but that BPA team, I guess they just kind of like, I think they like drove in or I, I don't know what the deal was, but uh, just kind of a collection of really talented guys from all over. Just kind of, I think making the round, making the rounds around Texas. Uh, so college programs are going to get their, get some eyes on those guys for sure. All right. All right. I, I made it through the list. Um, sorry for talking to your ear off nonstop, but uh, wanted to make sure I, I covered some guys that deserve some attention uh, from the, the couple of five tool events I've spent the last couple of weeks at. Um, oh, I was at the 12 scout day too. So you can go on five tool.org and check out our 12 scout day notes. Uh, Kendall George was really, really good. Uh, Jackson Brousseau is going to take off in the 23 class uh, up to 22 ton of horizontal movement with the sinker uh, slider flash as well. Great looking kid. Uh, and I mentioned a couple other uncommitted names in our, our uh, 12 scout notes. Uh, Clayton Freshcorn is one of those guys up to 89 miles an hour. Yeah. Now really clean, clean, quick arm, but go check those out of five tool. We got scout notes from the Houston regional from the 12 scout day 
And then my goal today is to finish all of the Sam Houston scout notes uh, before I head up, head up North to see you. We got, we got a big, we got a big week coming up. Do I need to, I get the, do I need to get the guest room ready? Yeah. Yeah. Get, get the guest room ready. But if Brewer calls and needs some help at, uh, at any of the local high schools, I am out. That is still on you. I want, you're going to have to handle all the lights and, and everything else. So you're, you're, uh, you're in charge there, but yeah, heading up for the pudge. Um, it's a fascinating time in the McComas house because the baby, the baby two could come like any minute, <laughs> any day, like, all right. It's kind of just like, uh, I had to make sure. So I put my iPhone into sleep mode. Like if you have that focus thing or whatever, so you don't get like notifications or anything like that. And I had to make sure that I added my wife to the, like the, the list of people that can get through. It's like my, <laughs> my fear is like, I go on the road. I'm like at Sam Houston state and she's trying to call me and I've got the phone in sleep mode and it just never gets through. So I had to make sure to do that, but yeah, heading up North. Um, for the pudge, which is like a phenomenal event. It's uh, loaded. Have you looked at the, the schedule yet? Yeah, I have, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to take a look at that and kind of makes my night. Yeah. kind of makes my head spin thinking about, Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to see all these guys at one time? But, uh, it's a good program problem to have. So I'll definitely be heading up there, uh, to Melissa to check out that event. Um, as well but yeah before we get out of here um i'm sure we've well we haven't gone too long um college baseball like real quick before we go to that i want to touch on our academic showcase oh yeah so it was the first one of the summer for us up here we're doing another one in austin in july uh turned out great um you know it, it attracted some big big time academic schools had ivy league schools there uh uh we, we missed out on a couple of big names that had committed um, with Air Force uh, winning and, you know, playing in that th- on that third day of a regional and then Columbia as well. So um, those are the types of programs that we have at the event. Um, we had a lot of success, over 20 coaches there, had about 40 guys participate. Um, quite a few offers have already gone out from the event too, but a couple of guys just to touch on, our, our guy Rock Dewar um, was there. Uh, there you go. He was young guy. Uh, he's on the radars of all the academic schools from his performance. I know he's um, had some interest from that. Uh, Brady Janusic from Liberty Christian, Alex Cadell from Liberty Christian, Cole Williams, like all three underclassmen from the same private school. And they are some dudes. Like those guys are physical. Uh, Cadell hit 94 from the outfield. Wow. Um, and we've seen him pitch in games um, and he is the real deal. Uh, and he's going to, he's going to blow up the summer 2024 from there. Janusic's a 25 uh, Cole Williams. I mean, they put on a show, um, but there were some really good arms. Had AJ Goligary who played on our team last year, Brendan Klein, who's poised to have a big summer 23 right-handed pitcher from flower mound. Um, but it was good. I know I'm leaving some guys out, but, you know, for a, a, a Monday morning event, the day after, or excuse me, Tuesday morning event, the week, the week following the regionals was really happy with the turnout. Um, we're hoping to make the Austin one even bigger, get some more of those schools, but that's just another type of event that we believe in. Um, you know, there's so many schools, uh, so many kids out there that make good grades and mm-hmm. it allows us an opportunity to get a bunch of coaches in one place to watch a bunch of kids that they know can go to their schools academically. 
Um, but we have a lot of success with that and look forward to growing that too in the future. But Ryan Brewer's done such a good job putting that together for us. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's talk some college baseball. Did anything yeah. happen this weekend? <laughs> and uh, last weekend? A, a lot, a lot happened. And I want to say it turned out kind of like we thought that there'd just be chaos. Like in terms of the amount of one seeds that wouldn't win either their regional or their super mm-hmm. regional. Um, and that's, that's just kind of how it played out, but it was wild. Like, I'm still thinking back to, I mean, we never really got an opportunity to talk about the regionals, but like some of those regionals were just unbelievable. Just the way games ended, the competition, um, you know, that sort of thing. Like it was just wild. Like, I mean, if you're a Texas state fan, don't listen, but I still can't believe the way they lost that game at Stanford. I mean, that's just funny, funny story about that. That's just my head. My brother-in-law went to Texas State, um, and to be fair to him, he follows Texas baseball a little bit closer than he does Texas mm-hmm. State. And the morning or the next day, so about middle of the afternoon, they're up. You know, I guess he 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 was watching a replay and didn't realize oh, it. Oh no! And so he texts me like the seventh or eighth inning. He's like, "Hey, if Texas State wins, I'm getting tickets, and we're going to the Super." And I was like, buddy. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Oh, no. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, that, you're that was – You're such a better person than I am. I was like, do you want odds that they close this uh, out? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, – that, that's, that's heartbreaking. I didn't break it to him completely. I let him that's finish watching it. But, I, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. That's heartbreaking. But, yeah, oh, heartbreaking. Man, it was, that was heartbreaking. Feel I feel for Trouty and those guys. Like, oh, man, what a man, season. Such I a mean, great season. Yeah. Yeah, such and a great and like season. You mentioned in the tweet, like that's an Omaha caliber team. Yeah, absolutely, had. absolutely. But, I mean, you know, you you drop them in another regional. I mean, right? They're 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 right. probably winning it. But yeah, hats off to those guys for the job they did. The power of the podcast. Great season for Josh Blakely and those guys. Nolan Kane and the Aggies in the College World Series. He's on that, the podcast. That, I mean, just that's incredible. The, I can't what, believe I that's. That is one of the collective, like, best coaching jobs. And I know, that, like, there's players, like, I, I know all that stuff. And, but the, the way they started the year, and I remember some of the things I was hearing from people that watched them to where they are now, uh, that, that's incredible. Uh, that yeah. is, Jim Schlossnagel's had some great coaching jobs in his career. I got to think this one tops it, regardless of what happens in Omaha. They could right. go two and Q and be out of there first. Oh yeah. There. Oh yeah. It's regardless, like winning a super regional, winning their division, the sec, getting to Omaha. Uh, unbelievable. Nate Yeski, Nolan Kane, all those guys, uh, who the kid, the hitting coach, whose name escapes. Mike me right Early. Now. Yeah. Just Mike a phenomenal Early, Chuck, job. Chuck Box, Jason Hutchins. So, so fun fact. So Jason Hutchins, director mm-hmm. of ops, longtime director of ops. Yeah. Former player for A&M. Um, one of the best dudes in the game and one of the very few holdovers that they had from the last regime. Um, his son, Jace plays mm-hmm. in Texas. Mm-hmm. So the whole Hudson's family is going to be decked out in Omaha this week. And, you know, I, I texted Jason the uh, next morning, just saying congrats and everything. And he's like, we got one more. And that guy bleeds maroon. The yeah. family has bled maroon for a long time. And 
I know like he couldn't be a prouder dad to have a son in Jace that plays at Texas, but it's funny. Jace always liked Texas for some reason, you know, once he got to high school, he's uh-huh. best friends with Eric Kennedy. Um, and you know, it's a, you know, it's, re- it's exciting and I'll never let him forget Jason. That is, um, that he's, that he's semi rooting for the Longhorns. So <laughs> it'll be, inter- it'll be a, you know, interesting to see what, who's rooting for who when they get matched up this week, but yeah, it's, it's been fun watching that. Those are the kind of stories that our game brings out. Right. You know, it's, it's just, it, it's fun. You know, I, yeah. that was, that was a, you know, not the easiest path for Texas. Um, no, they went no. into a raucous yeah. environment in, in Greenville. Um, that was, it was wild. Yeah. And yeah, shout out, shout out to their fans over at East Carolina, man. What a good program and the way they root on their team and stayed through that delay last mm-hmm. night was really, really impressive. And I know everyone that I've talked to has talked about how good the atmosphere was. And, and it reminded me a lot, I mean, a little bit smaller scale from a numbers wise, but you know, in 2005, when we went to Ole Miss Mm -hmm. to have to beat, you know, arguably one of the best teams that's ever been in the sec um, to get to Omaha, like that, that's a little bit what it felt like. And sometimes winning in an environment like that is kind of what sharpens you to go on to the next, to the next round. But Man, like that was it was a wild, wild uh, series in in Greenville, and you know Texas goes back to Omaha for the thirty eighth time. Thirty eight, yeah, thirty eight out of seventy five. I was gonna say I saw trips to Omaha. Yeah, our, my buddy Christian Corona tweeted out that Texas, like the number of College World Series with Texas in it, thirty eight. The number of College World Series without Texas, thirty seven. Like it's well, it's just incredible. It's just it, staggering. Well, it is because like, you know, it's as a lot of really good teams find out along the way, it is really, really hard to get there. It's harder now than it's ever been. I think there's just, exactly. there's way more parity than there was 20, 30 years 100%. ago. hundred percent. And it's just, you know, you got the portal and, you know, transfer and all this. It, it's, it's a whole nother dynamic that mm-hmm. a lot of people never had to worry about. You used to just to get to coach baseball, but head coaches oftentimes now don't get to coach a lot of baseball. Yeah. They're, they're people managers and CEOs and they're, you know, they're in charge of organizations that make and spend a lot of money Mm. (laughs) and you're, you're organizing and, and managing personalities of 40, 50 people. And it's, it's just a different job than it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, But it is what it is. And you have to adapt and the coaches that can, they find a way and yeah. you can see that from, you know, I think some of the older coaches in the tournament, you know, like a guy like uh, Dave Esker at Stanford, if they end up making it, I mean, like that's a guy who probably would tell you, he probably coaches a lot differently than he did when he first started. Mm-hmm. And I know coach Pierce would tell you that. Um, but it's just, it, it's really hard to do. And, you know, the goal for teams that have been there is to win it obviously, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really, it's really hard to sit back and think what a big deal it is just to get to Omaha because you, it's just, it's so hard. There's so many things that have to go right. So many people involved and the teams that do it consistently, it's, it's very commendable because it's a hard, hard road. And there's a lot that goes into it from a lot of people and everyone that gets there should be proud. Um, But, you know, and, and there's stories along the way. I mean, I can't be happier for Skip Johnson, Ryan Gaines, former roommate, Clay Van Hook Mm -hmm. from OU. Those guys, you know, 
I mean, you can go back and look at it. A lot of teams that make it to Omaha, um, they struggle at times during the season. And I mean, you start hearing rumblings about some of these guys getting fired and, you know, it's part of the business, but it's also, it, it's tough. Like, I mean, when you have people at games yelling for, you know, for you to get fired when your family's sitting in the stands, like that's the kind of stuff that a lot of people don't know and don't get to see, but it makes it that much more rewarding when you get there. And, and I'm just proud of those guys. And, you know, the teams that we're involved with in a number of different ways, coaches that I've known, you know, it, it, it's hard. It's not, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's a great job and don't take, take it as me saying it's not, but man, it is really satisfying for you when you get your program all the way there. And, you know, guys like Jim Schlossnagel have done it elsewhere, came into what looked like a tough situation and yeah. he gets there in year one. Like that is, I mean, you can't put into words how difficult that is to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, returning like a team like Texas returning, you know, coach Pierce has been to Omaha three out of the five years that there was an Omaha at Texas. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a very short list of people that have done that at a new place for them and in their first five years, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, you hope those people get to enjoy it. Um, it's something special. There's not many events like the college world series um, and it never gets old, you know, winning and getting back there is something special. And, you know, you have a lot of kids that have, you know, that have been there and, want to take that next step and get, mm -hmm. and get the championship. So it, it's going to be a fun, it's a fun feel. I mean, like, can you think of the crowd if Tennessee had made it on that side of the bracket, like the crowds with Tennessee, OU, A&M and Texas, like it's probably good that Tennessee didn't make it from a safety standpoint <laughs> because like it's already, it's already going to be intense enough. Like I saw a tweet somewhere. It's like, they're going to be a record set in that bracket for horns down in the first couple of days yeah. of that, of that tournament. And like, I mean, you know, you have the, the real UT component coming out when it's Tennessee versus Texas and yeah. two heated battles, Texas eliminated Tennessee last year, beat them in minute made this year. So yeah, there's, there was some bad blood. And then you throw in Arkansas in the mix on the other side of the bracket. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like the streets of Omaha were not going to be safe. No, and uh -huh. And they still still might not be, but it's going to make for some real storylines and some heated heated battles. Yeah, what the NCAA like suspended beer sales during the part of the Tennessee series because they're, <laughs> well, they're fan, fans rightfully so. Stuff. Yeah, like I I was like, wow, they actually were paying attention and proactive. Like good good for them. Like yeah, <laughs> I would have I would have thought they just would have. They're they were cowered they were in fearing, the corner. Say, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't get fearing worse. for lives there. Yeah, fearing yeah. for lives. Yeah, um, so. I mean, that Notre Dame team, we said it when the bracket came out, they should have hosted. Not that that would have changed. Like, you know, they could have hosted and still had gone to Tennessee. Yeah. But that was clearly a really good team. And it went to Tennessee and flat out stunned those guys that had an amazing regular season. Uh, kind of the, the curse of number one. Yeah. The curse of number well, one. Ar Ar Arkansas was number one last year, right? Yep. Yeah. It's and they since had the 1999 Miami since Miami. the number one seed is one. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, I saw but it goes of, it goes back to some of that adversity stuff. Like yeah. you know, like I always worry about those teams that just cruise all the way through. Not to say they had no adversity because there was plenty of it in Knoxville, um, on and off the field. But I mean, realistically, like that that was in about as easy as a season as you can have yeah. as far as being. I mean, in the toughest. I mean, it was flat out just dominance. 
and they didn't get there. That yeah. just highlights how tough it is to get there. Yeah, it's it, yeah, you can never ever ever um, take it for granted. But yeah, you know that match. One of the matchups there will be OU and A and M that first game, and two of the hottest teams in the country, two of the best coaching jobs in the country. That's that's going to be really exciting. And uh, we still got more tonight with the Stanford Super Regional. Um, and then the Corvallis Super Regional with Auburn and Oregon State and then Connecticut Stanford and Stanford one. And, uh, yeah, so the, the two of the top national seeds kind of uh, clinging and trying to punch their Omaha ticket as well. But, yeah, it's been really fun to watch. I feel like college baseball's spotlight continues to grow, it, especially yeah. with, with uh, postseasons like this, with things like the squeeze play, like Mike Rooney and those guys uh, just – it's, it's been great to watch that coverage kind of taking people around. And um, I, I feel like, I feel like now like this time of year, more and more people are like, man, like people need to watch college baseball more. And it's like, yeah, but they're now, now there are more ways to do it with the ESPN plus and the streaming and the, right. the different channels and stuff. It's, it's getting more accessible for people to, because you get these unique stories, you get the, the type of unique stories that you just don't get in pro ball. I mean, yeah, you get great stories in pro ball about guys from all over the world and playing and overcoming adversity and stuff like that. But um, you don't get the Tristan Stevens stories in, in pro ball, you know, like the guy, right. what is he a 60 year senior, like diehard Longhorn from Missouri. Like that's all he's ever wanted to do is pitch for Texas. And he's had a struggling season and there he is. He's getting the ball. He's getting the text from coach Allen um said he called his parents he goes out there and he's he's awesome he did his best chad hollingsworth impression um in yeah, a huge super yeah. regional game and and help his team go back to Omaha, which is the reason why he came back to school so there's just countless stories like that across the country from from various programs but uh it, it's been uh it, it's been really really fun to watch and uh, it's going to be a really exciting college world series but yeah you make a great point about the diversity like you know arkansas is a good team like that look at the season arkansas had this year compared to the season they had last year and one the team this year is in omaha like you know like much more difficult road devastating injuries like not even a host people questioning them and they get to the college world series whereas last year things couldn't have gone any smoother um and, yeah. until the super regional there's something they, to it yeah it's just you know and, and you made a great point last night on one of our text groups like that that texas game last night when they came back after the delay and they held ECU to one run and they yeah. jumped right back on them, the game was over. That that's yeah. when the game ended. Cause well, that, it just three Oh, that three Oh swing. Get the yeah. Green light. That was, that was, that was a turning point in the game. Yep. Yep. Because they were, it was probably, I don't know that it would have been called a strike. So it may have been ball four. Um, yeah. But you're looking at bases loaded when the crowd was waiting. To, yeah. I mean, they were already in a frenzy. And if he had gotten on and they'd scored some runs, you never know. Yeah. I mean, and but you know, credit to Texas because they, you know, they they stomped on the gas right after that. And Tristan, you know, that's where the experience comes in. Yep. Um, really proud of him. You know, he's been through a lot. He he fought a lot of injuries when he got to Texas. Mm -hmm. A kid that just you know, bleeds burn orange from Missouri. You know, why does this kid like Texas? But he always has. And just super kids, super family. And just that that's why he came back was yep. for what happened last night. And, but like you said, like, you know, that's not the goal. You know, it's just another step along the way. Right. And, you know, and see if he, he creates some more history 
um, yeah. over the next couple yeah, weeks. That w- but it'll be, I'm excited for this field because it's going to be electric. Yeah, sure. it's going to be fun. Yeah, and, and Ole Miss, like I was jokingly texting my friend that went to Ole Miss, and I was like, you know, this will be the year you guys to go to Omaha because it's the year that you probably shouldn't even have been in the tournament. Yeah. That's just, how, that's just how it works. That's just, last team. In. Like how many times has Ole Miss hosted a regional or a super regional or been a top seed and they get in as a three and like people are like, Oh, they shouldn't even have been in the tournament, which they probably shouldn't have with their resume talent. Yeah. Yes. Resume, probably not. And they go to Omaha. Like, yep. That's just, that's just kind of how it works in college baseball sometimes. So um, really looking forward to the college world series and following that stuff, but really hats off to, um, you know, to all those programs, but especially the ones that, you know, we, we kind of have grown a little closer to, especially over the last year, um, those OU guys and those A&M guys and those Texas guys, um, the job they've done coaching wise. I mean, Texas, like the bullpen issues, losing Tanner Witt, like people were just down, like, oh, I don't even know if they're going to make it a tournament or what's going on. Are they even going to host? And um, there they are back in the college world series and you just, you just can't take that for granted ever. So it's going to be really, really fun to follow. Well, and, but yeah, the experience there will help them. That's why yeah. I felt like we, you got to keep passing guys. that. You got to keep passing that torch. It's, it's such a big yeah. deal that you can look around your clubhouse and see guys that have been there and done it before and understand, you know, well, a perfect to- example of that was the rain delay, you know, all, mm-hmm. I mean, more than half of that locker room set in the locker room, two nights in a row past midnight in mm-hmm. Omaha last year. Mm-hmm. So that was like, you know, just another day, like yeah. they've done it before. So, yeah. Um, and that stuff matters right now. I mean, Absolutely. it really does. And we'll see how much that experience factors in over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be curious too, to, to see how, how, how some of these offenses, what the ball plays like in, um, yeah. In, uh, in TD Ameritrade, that East Carolina yeah. field, that's a small park. Yeah. Um, I even hit hit the first home run of the year that I thought was like close to not being a home run. Right. That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the guy was going to have a chance to rob it. So, uh, and fortunately for Douglas Hodo, nobody, nobody's going to remember his, uh, his, his, his tip drill. (laughs) If they, if they would have lost that super regional, that poor kid, there would have been people that just like, that would have been a running like loop all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, all right. We've rambled enough. We had a lot to cover. Uh, we apologize for missing last week, but we've just been, June is just a, uh, our head spin um, in a good way. We were just kind of at a lot of baseball games and doing a lot of baseball things. So not always the opportunity to, uh, to, to jump on the zoom and record and knock one of these things out. Yeah. And shout out in advance to our producer, Allison, because yes, this yes. one's going to be a lot of work. Oh, I made, man. Yeah. I think, I feel like I've, took pretty good notes so yeah hopefully, hopefully that can help but uh yeah good luck allison and thanks yeah for all your hard yeah work. yeah we gave you the week off last week allison so i guess <laughs> yeah. we're making up i guess we're making up for today oh yeah sorry in advance we had a, we had a lot to talk about so and, and we'll thanks in advance yeah 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 thank you in advance uh and we'll have a lot more to talk about in the future who knows when we're going to record another one of these um i might have a second child by the next time we record one of these so uh bear with us uh, but just know you can follow us on Twitter um, at Dustin L. McComas, at Drew H. Bishop, at Five Tool Pod. Make sure you're following all the Five Tool accounts, especially this time of the year, man. It's this is when we shine is, is all of our events, especially coming up with stuff like the Pudge this week. But make sure you're following all the Five Tool accounts on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, 
uh, we're all over the place, just just shining a light on some stand-up performances and uh, you know, the next crop of players that we'll see in the college baseball um, postseason at some point. So uh, thanks for tuning in and listening. Uh, until we talk to you all next time, I don't know when that will be, but take care.